Hello, this is Nathan. And this is Thomas. Today on Not the Pastor, we're going to talk about day camps with Mike Holmes. Now, this has been a successful outreach effort in their context. And so we think it might be a help to you as well. So he's going to introduce the idea of day camps, what they are, how they work. And then he's going to spend some time talking about how these kind of day camps can translate to people and specifically parents coming to church. And finally, he's going to leave us with some advice and tips about how to run those day camps well. I think this is going to be a help to you in your outreach, so you will definitely want to listen in. Well, Brother Mike Holmes, thank you so much for being with us again on Not the Pastor. You're you're kind of becoming a regular at this point on on the show here, and so we're excited well, to have you, you again. <laughs> yeah, it's a blessing to be here. I enjoy it. Enjoy the fellowship with you guys uh, online here, and uh, opportunity to just share some ideas out into the into the the world that we serve. Yes, sir. Well, and and I love that about you in particular. As I've been able to spend a little bit of time with you, I have discovered that you are an idea guy. You, you do not mind trying out new new ideas, honing them, making them work. And, and so we're going to talk about one of those ideas today. And that idea is this, this approach of reaching families, reaching kids and their families through day camps. Uh, so, so we want to talk about day camps. So maybe, maybe you could just start us out by just telling us up front, what is a day camp when that, that kind of gives some, some, uh, a mental picture of one thing, but it might not be what everybody would expect when they hear day camp. So tell us how you all do, uh, day camps. Okay. Well, thanks, Nathan. I appreciate it. Um, day camps for us are defined a little different, like, uh, let's say some people define day camp, people just coming to the church for a few hours and doing something, then going home or YMCA's and other, you know, boys and girls clubs run, day camps where they do stuff outside the building, have a little bit more. For us, it's a, uh, a little bit different. It's, a, it's an all-day, uh, multi-aged uh, multi thing. So we really have kind of a broader age. We'll talk about that. It is a field trip style. So this is kind of where most people grab that. It's like field trip. Like we're going to get in a vehicle and we're going to leave <laughs> the facility. And then we'll be back at a certain time. Um, and it's the, probably the biggest thing about it and is the idea that it is, for us, it is an acquisition event. It is something that we use to reach new young families. So it is not just something for our, our youth group or our, just our kids. It is a, uh, uh, it's a, it's a, an outreach, uh, an outreach event, uh, of, a, of, and by acquisition event, we mean that we're, acquiring new families into the system, not necessarily into the family of God. In other words, it's not necessarily like an evangelistic thing where you're giving the gospel, but you're just meeting the people of the community. You're, every community we're in has, has hundreds and hundreds of young families that are looking for this style of something to do with their kids. And this is a great way to, to meet them, get to know them, uh, get into their, we'll talk about that, how to get into their house afterwards and spend, and visit with them uh, all, all because of this 
this all day kind of event that you took these kids on. So that's kind of what we mean by day camp. So we are in our facility uh, and they can be shorter. We can talk about how to get started with them. They may not start with quite as extensive as what we do, but we, we basically started our church at eight in the morning. We get everybody back home by eight at night. That's a general, general plan. So it's a lengthy event. And the, the lengthiness is something that's very important. You can do a shorter version of it, but we don't recommend too much shorter. Um, and here's one of the, the secrets of it, that a the most trusted person in America, most trusted profession in America is a child care provider. In other words, who you're going to put your kids with, the babysitter, is, I mean, that's, you trust them more than, you know, the Congress, you trust them more than the lawyers, you trust them more than <laughs> big corporations, <laughs> you trust them more than anything. I mean, it's like they, and the church should be way up there. But, but the few things that we do with church, I mean, we, we do give truth and we teach people and we're honest and all that. But if you only have kids for an hour or two on a Sunday morning, you know, you are still in a, in a parent's mind, you are still a teacher. Now, parents trust teachers, but they trust babysitters more than they trust teachers. In other words, they're sending their kid to public school and they have two or three different teachers, especially they get a little bit older when they're kind of floating from class to class, that the, the trust relationship is not there as much as when you have that lengthier time. Okay, so the longer we can spend time with kids, when we come home, the parents look and they say, you are my hero. You had my kid for 12 hours or eight hours, however long, and you survived, you know, and I've had parents like give me a high five. I mean, brand new parents. I don't even know. They're like, you made it eight hours, nine hours of my kid. You're my hero, man. Give me five, you know, and so, so, so you, the, you kind of more time you- different the more time you spend with them, the more trust that comes Absolutely. with that from the parents yeah. side of it. Yes. Mm-hmm. So you don't necessarily have to have all of that trust up front. I mean, you, mm-hmm. you need to have some trust for them to send their kids with you, obviously. Yeah. But by the end of the day, then that trust has grown in you. See, if, if you're a Sunday school teacher, we'll just say you're teaching like third and fourth grade boys or something. You get the boys when they're dressed up, they're filled with food, they're ready they, they're going to be on their best behavior in church, Lord willing. Okay, but when you have run a day camp, you get them, you know, when they're fresh at the beginning of the day, you get them when they start to get hungry, you get them when they're being selfish and stealing other ones, someone's cookies, you get them, you know, when they start to get tired in the afternoon, you get them at every level of age. And as a church person, we interact with them during all that, and there are teachable moments and through that entire time that you can do stuff. But the parents also are are like, you have seen my kid when he's hungry. You've seen my kid when he's angry. You've seen my kid when he's you know worn out, when he's making a friend, when he's angry at another person and doesn't want to be a friend. And the parents then are you're creating this trust. And this is the idea that, you know, we teach with the reaching young families concept is we're not just providing a youth activity for the kids. We're bonding with the parents. 
we're creating that friendship that involved parent, the, you know, the, the good instruction, the mentoring, that second voice type of thing. So, so the, the all day event, the lengthier event makes it part, that's part of the secret sauce, you know, that kind of goes on it. And the, the field trip style where you're actually going to several different places. Sometimes we have like a sort of an anchor place that we're going like where, where you guys live, for example, you could do a day camp uh, there in Oregon. You could like say, we're going to take the kids, you know, way up into the mountains to, you know, some waterfall, you know, that's like, an hour and a half away. And the parents are like, Oh, cool. I've always wanted to take my kids there, you know, but never had time. Uh, and you would say now on the way, we're going to stop at a park and play to, you know, play to park for a little bit, stretch your leg, use the bathroom. And then we also have a service project on the way. We're going to stop in the morning while everyone's fresh and we're going to go to that town that the fire ravaged. And we're going to, I've made arrangements with the, uh, someone there and we're going to stop and pick up some trash around the town and, you know, do a couple things in their city park. Then we're going to go to the waterfall. We're, you know, somewhere in there, we're going to eat lunch. We're not quite sure where we'll eat lunch. And then we're going to come back and, uh, you know, stop at a couple places. Then we'll have your kids. Uh, we're going to, uh, stop at such and such a park and cook some hot dogs at the end of the day. And we'll have your kids back by eight o'clock. And the parents are like, I mean, the main question is, well, how much does it cost? You know, I mean, they, and we do charge a little bit now. We've done them for free, but we do charge a little now because we do T-shirts and kind of some fun stuff. But parents are absolutely willing to pay for all day. And and from their viewpoint, for many of them, uh, their uh, their viewpoint is that this is a a childcare. I mean, they're, they're paying, you know, 10 or 15 bucks, whatever you, you know, you charge for it. They're like, Hey, 15 bucks for the whole day. What a deal. And my kid gets all this experience. And then they, after they, the kids come home a couple of times, you do a few of them during the summer, then the parents are like, Hey, can I go on one of those with my kid? And it's like, absolutely. You know, and we'll talk about parental involvement stuff a little later, but, I, but that's a, but you basically field trip, you go boom, 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 boom. And you just kind of keep things moving and, and uh, they bring a sack lunch. So we eat that somewhere. And then we provide like a hot dog, you know, over a campfire and, you know, marshmallow type of thing, which the kids just absolutely, you know, eat, eat it up. Yeah. So uh, that type of thing, they're building the friendships, you know, you're, you're doing the mentor thing, which is all part of that. You know, one of our values there, the second voice that reinforcing voices. And then you're also building the relationship so that you can move them into that discipleship scenario. In other words, then you say, well, we have a thing on Sunday morning. Love to have you come to our church. The parents are like, when is that thing again? You know? Well, and so that's touching on something. I want to uh, ask you this, Brother Mike. How does this day camp, this this field trip style day camp translate into families coming to church? Because you mentioned this is acquisition, not necessarily evangelistic. Obviously, mm-hmm. the evangelism would come down the down the road at yeah. some point, but we need to get them mm-hmm. to church for that to happen. Yeah. So how does that transition take place? A lot of a lot, a lot of different ways. One is a lot of kids will come to church because they have friends at church. So like if you got a whole bunch of, you know, third and fourth grade boys and you got two or three new third and fourth grade boys, the parents will gladly send their kids to church because there's already a friendship type of a, a situation there. 
Um, what we like to do though, probably the, the best thing is when the parents come and drop the kids off, we're capturing their, their phone number and uh, for emergency purposes, we're capturing their Facebook name, okay, so that we can communicate and send them some photos, you know, on Messenger or however we want to do it. And, uh, you know, we've, and we've got their email address. So we get all three of those things right there when they're signing up. And then we actually start to communicate with the parents. Uh, we actually do it during the day camp. We are sending we're texting pictures of their kid, you know, at the base of Multnomah Falls, which they've always wanted to go see, or, you know, something, something like that. And the parents are like, wow, they're showing their, hey, look, my kid's at the waterfall, you know, and they're showing pictures uh, to their coworkers and all that, what's going on with their kids. So we are developing this relationship with the parents. When it is over, then we take the kids home and I like to be the guy that drops them off at the house. And we, we tell them that we will drop them off at their house. And we have a few parents that pick them up at the church because of they live 20, 30 miles out or something. But I like to make arrangements where we can take them to the house. And I walk the kids up because when the kid walks in the door and the parents are there and it's eight o'clock at night, they're usually home. That is a moment of pure joy. The kids are like, man, I did all this stuff. And the parents are like, you survived my kid. And that's where you get the high five. And the parents are like, thanks for sending me that photo. And I say, hey, I got a bunch more. Can I get, can I come by and show them to you? Absolutely. And you can put them on an iPad or something sort of a little bigger. And I've sat down on their couch with mom, you know, unsaved mom, unsaved dad, the kids all gathered around and we're scrolling photos. And it's the kids are, are like, oh, that was so much fun. Show them the picture where so-and-so fell in the creek, you know, <laughs> and show them this and show them that. And, and then you just like you're talking to parents and say, now we're going to put a little slideshow of this together. And on Sunday morning, we're going to have a, a rolling slideshow of this in our service and your, your kid's going to, you know, be there. All these kids are going to be up there and we would love to invite you to our service. We got service at nine 30 or 11 and come on over, you know, and then we, we have the presentation. I, I do have some uh, presentations for the, or uh, some sample presentations and uh, we've got them on our YouTube channel. And so for your listeners there, if they want to go to, uh, if you just type in the word reach keep, all one word, yeah, uh, on YouTube, you'll find our channel. And then um, you can just hit the, in the little channel search thing, just type in day camp. And there are quite a few uh, resources there that we have, but some of them are, are, you know, what we call a summary video. And, you know, we've got, you know, some good music that we like and about, you know, 150 or so pictures going boom, 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 boom. And we show that on Sunday morning in our morning service. So all the adults are going, man, that's why I tithe to this church because they're reaching people. You know, that's, I've got, I got a neighbor, I got a grandkid that needs to come to one of these things. I'm a grandparent. Can I come? It's like, absolutely. And we make, you know, some provisions for, for some of that. Uh, just to, to put a word in on that, we will definitely put a link to that in the show notes. So that's okay. Reach Keep on uh, YouTube so that folks mm-hmm. can go there and, and see some of those sample videos. Yeah, we'll we'll include a link uh, to that. So um, the flow of this I'm hearing is you you have this day camp, you have the kids all day long, you're taking pictures 
because that that is key. You got you have to be taking absolutely. Pictures. You're wasting opportunity if you're not snapping a, a zillion pictures during the day, and then mm-hmm. that is your connection with the parents when you get back you drop off the kids you show them some pictures and then try to get back at at maybe the next day or so probably pretty quickly within the next 24 hours or so i would think to to show it's usually that week we've kind of got to where the day camp we get so many people come to these things and as a church planner and speaking to some of your smaller churches and church planners you know when we first started we had like 50 people in our, you know, on a Sunday morning service and we'd have 60 or 70 come to a day camp. So we have more people come to a day camp than we had on a Sunday morning service. So we ended up logistically, we had to kind of divvy it up. So we're like doing, now we're doing them in the summer. We do, uh, we only do them in the summer. Um, we do it on a Tuesday and we do another one on a Thursday which allows us to then only have 35, 40, because logistically it was, it was like a nightmare. We'd stop to use a bathroom somewhere and it would be 45 minutes before you could get everybody back in the vehicle. So, um, so we just double it up and and then a few of us staff people and a few of my key teenagers who serve, um, they repeat, you know, so we do it, we do it twice uh, is, is how we do that. But yeah, we're having, a boatload of kids come to these things and, you know, all sorts of, once the community finds out that you're taking their kids on a field trip and you've got a good rapport with your community, it turns into a tremendous, uh, tremendous outreach. And like say that acquisition event. And then sometime during that week, you know, we are doing, we're showing those pictures and trying to get to them. Uh, We do, uh, we connect with them on Facebook as well. uh, And we send them to the Sinclair Baptist page so that they can find those photos. And one of the things you'd mentioned, legal things, and uh, we have, we do this when they sign up to come to the day camp, we have, uh, you know, a medical release and, you know, all the typical stuff that kind of is in a, in a camp brochure. And you want to make sure that you put a photo release right in there. And we have never had anybody that has objected to uh, the photo side of things. So, um, we do, I talked to church the other day that had someone that they're very sensitive about their kids photo being taken. And I said, well, just make sure that you understand that it is not tell them. It's like, we can't keep help your kid from having his picture taken. We'll do our best not to pub publish it. Okay. You know, but, uh, we have parents that are like, send me those pictures. And then they put them on Facebook. And then we got grandparents that are, you know, commenting and people all around the country are, you know, commenting on some of the things. That That's a good point. You need to have a medical release, some sort of a, you know, a liability waiver there for them to sign before you take the kids as well as probably a photo release. And the photo release is right in the fine print there with, with all that stuff. And like say they sign it and, and then we let them know that, Hey, we're going to send some pictures of your kid. Would you like some pictures of your kid while you're out, you know, while he's out there having fun and they're like, Oh yeah, (laughs) send them, you know? Yeah. So what we've already talked about, okay, you have the kids with you all day and, and you're, so then your parents are going to trust you at the end of the day, but backing up to the big, just before that, how do you get, what are some tips and tricks that, that, you know, how have you 
um, been able to have parents be comfortable with sending them with you in the first place. I mean, we're, we're talking about this. This isn't just church kids that, that you already know mm-hmm. the parents. These are ideally, you know, just families from the community that you've never met before is a way to yeah. try to meet them. So what have you done to, to be able to get the permission of those parents to, to take their kids all day? That's a, that's a good question. Almost every kid, when we start out with these things, almost every kid that comes is a friend of another kid. It's kind of that friendship evangelism kind of thing like you'd have at your church. You'd say, hey, bring a friend to the service. You know, you will get some cold turkey people that kind of see an ad here and there and they'll come. But we don't do hardly any advertising for it. It's the kids bring their friends. So third grade boys have lots of boy third grade friends. And so for and parents want their kids to be with other kids of that age. There's no doubt about that. That's what they want. They want them to be in a healthy environment, which they would generally see a church as being a healthier environment than, you know, maybe some other social things that happen in the community, the, you know, the football game or the roller rink or whatever. They're kind of worried about some of some of those things, you know, but a church environment with a high ratio of workers and a trusted staff people with good communication and good brochures ahead of time, you become very trusted. It's kind of like parents trusting again. And I don't know if every listener here has a, like a YMCA or a boys and girls club or something like that in their community. But some of those organizations have been around a long time and have a underlying general trust that they are, you know, kind of a good solid organization. The church will fall into that as well when boys and girls invite their friends to come on the day camp. So it's, it's almost always new parents are friends with the other parents that, that come. We have very few that just like see an ad and, and we don't like say, we really don't run ads for it. Uh, when we started out, it was, you know, like first one, we had like eight kids in our 50 people that came to our church and we said, Hey, we're going to go out to this, you know, state park. We're going to do this. We're going to throw rocks in the river, bring a sack lunch, cook some hot dogs on the way home. And we want you to bring a friend. And it just basically everybody brought a friend and it was boom, double. So, yeah. So it's, it's kind of a friendship. And remember if you're reaching new young families and that's what we, the emphasis is here these kids, often homeschool kids don't have as many, a deeper friendship network because they're not out there. But with the public school kids, the network is deep and wide. I mean, they, they do sports with these kids. The parents all see each other at the PTA meetings and the soccer practice and, you know, all of that. So we, we do a nice brochure so that when we are, you know, people are asking or coming in early and talking about, hey, how, what's this day camp all about? You know, we have a nice trifold that kind of has all the legal stuff and all the, you know, pictures of the past one and sort of the concept of what's going on. And we hand, we print all sorts of those and give those out. And we give those to the kids and say, hey, you know, if your friend wants to come, here's a brochure. Yeah. Okay. And, and so then our are parents of these children coming? Are those your workers? Do you do you have workers from within your church? I mean, how how does how does that work? Are yeah. parents invited to this? Good, uh, good yeah, good question. Um, 
generally speaking, the, the core set of workers is the pastor. And, you know, if you have an assistant pastor or a deacon or someone that can take some, some time off, someone who's trusted, we always try to have a, a person with a, a little bit of advanced medical training, an EMT person, if that's, if that's possible, that's a, always a good thing to have. Uh, we have a executive secretary uh, of our church that always comes and she's sort of the logistic person with the food and some of that. And she usually gets a couple of the key moms to come along and they take care of like, okay, we're going to have, you know, the hot dogs are going to be at this time. And, you know, we got bag of chips, hot dogs and marshmallows. I mean, we keep it real, real simple on the, on the food side of things. Um, and, and actually, but the ladies kind of, sometimes they try to make it even, you know, they, they always want to be all sorts of extra. <laughs> well, what about vegetables and some of that? And it's like, well, okay, you can have a couple carrot sticks or whatever, but let's just keep it a hot dog on a stick and a marshmallow and a bag of chips. And, a you know, we have a cooler with lemonade or something, you know, so we keep it pretty simple so that we don't have logistic issues. So those are our, our older workers. There would be some parents, and we'll talk about that in a second, how we add those in. But this becomes, and this is kind of one of the secret things of all this, is this becomes a leadership training for your teenagers. So our day camp is essentially from about four or five years old all the way through fifth or sixth grade. Where we live, middle school starts at sixth grade, and a middle school worker we have plenty of them come to the day camp, but we use the middle school and high school as our laborers. So when we're getting ready to, you know, build a fire, cook a hot dog, it's like they're going out there picking up all the sticks. They're getting the firewood. They're carrying the food back and forth to the vehicles. They're, you know, doing all the logistical things that we need to do. And we lean on the older teens a little bit more, but we let the middle schoolers do that. And the way that we do it is we give them a, these fluorescent uh, vests that they wear. So uh, kind of the like road worker type vests. And we have a whole bunch of those. And everybody that wears a, a green vest is a servant. So I give those out. And when we meet at the beginning of the day at like eight o'clock, everyone's kind of gathering. We're still registering and making sure everybody's got their water bottle and their sunscreen and all that. At that moment, we have an orientation meeting and I go through and I hand out these vests to all the middle school and high school kids. And I explain right there that you are my servant. You are here to serve. You're going to have a good time. You're going to have a lot of fun. But if I say I need you to do something, you got to drop what you're doing and you got to come over and say, what can I do, Pastor Mike? And, and so we really kind of create this good leadership dynamic with, with them. I've also, this is sort of another thing, I've usually taken a few of those key middle school and high school kids with me a few days before, and I drive the whole route to make sure the roads are open, the bathrooms are unlocked, that, you know, all the different places we need to go are there. And so I've already kind of queued them up as what we're doing. So like when we get to this place, we're going to cook hot dogs over here about 400 yards away, but we can't get the vehicles any closer. So we're going to carry coolers. So be prepared to carry the food and a couple of folding tables, you know, a couple hundred yards to, to do that. So it's great leadership, uh, uh, leadership training there. So we have lots of teenagers there 
that, that help. And then we have uh, kind of the wild card that we never know is how many parents want to come. Now, when they register ahead of time and we try to get them to register uh, two or three weeks ahead of time for this, we, you know, have them sign up and call in and do whatever we can. Uh, we still have plenty of walk-ins that just show up. Um, but we try to find out what moms and dads are coming. It's generally moms that make it, although we have quite a few dads that do as well. And we find out, you know, if they have, you know, do you have any medical training? Can you help with the food? And they're like, oh, I'm here to help. I just want to be with my kid, you know. So then we we have them, you know, come along. And some of the adults, not all of the adults, we give them a an orange vest. Uh, and the orange vest is for a leader. So in other words, the green vest people are servants. The orange vest people are leaders. If we have any kind of problem, talk to an orange vest. If an orange vest tells you something, you need to do it. <laughs> and they can tell the green people what to do. So we have this real clear demarcation. So myself, an assistant pastor, two or three other like deacon types or a few other of the ladies would have orange vests on and they would just be, they would be leaders. We wouldn't necessarily give an orange vest to a, a mom who is a brand new mom that we don't even know if she's saved or you know anything about her. If she happened to be a medical person though, we would call that out and we say, Hey, this lady is a nurse. And so we're going to put a vest on her and she's new here, but she, we've talked to her. And if you get a, you need a band aid or something, she's a lady that's going to help you. Yeah. So we try to have our medical person uh, wear a vest as well. And then because it's just kind of chaos, you end up with, you know, 40 people at a park or walk into a waterfall and they're all kind of mixed around, but the orange vest people are sort of responsible. Like, Hey, get back on a trail or, Hey, we're going to ever go wash your hands. We're going to cook, you know, uh, we're going to eat now that type of thing. And the parents love it. And we do, you got to make sure if you have parents there too, that you do plenty of photo ops with the, with the parent and the kid, because they're sending that off to grandma. I mean, uh, and, and I know like you have waterfalls and all that stuff around your place, but I mean, if it's a famous waterfall and a parent and a kid are there and they're taking that picture together, that picture is going around the world before the day is over on Facebook. There's no, no doubt about that. Well, so you, you mentioned waterfalls and, and we do have several of those here in Oregon. You mentioned Multnomah Falls. That's a famous one, but what, what are some, not everybody lives in Oregon. So what, what are some good, uh, some good ideas of, of destinations, locations, maybe some places you've tried or places you'd like to try that, that would work well for this day camp field trip. Idea? Yeah, there's, there's all sorts of things and you have to kind of expand your brain. And again, it is not like, we're taking kids to the Super Bowl or anything super fancy. It doesn't have to be that, but we try to make them, you know, where it's educational or something, something happens. So we go to, um, uh, we go to, as far as a kind of an anchor place, we've, we've gone to museums, you know, kind of in the smaller town, a lot of these smaller towns have a little museum and you take the kid and you, I go there ahead of time and say, hey, I'm going to bring about 25 kids up here. And they're like, oh, we, we're excited. I mean, they love to have that. We, can you have someone here and explain kind of why this part of the Oregon Trail was important or, you know, what the logging can and, and they'll take time to explain that. Sometimes we have two groups. If it's a smaller museum, we'll have like, you know, 20 kids in and then another 20 kid and we let them play at the little park or something uh, nearby. So we've done museums. We've done historical sites. I like to go to historical sites where, uh, you know, 
there's nothing necessarily fascinating there that they would see, but, but I like read up on what happened and I talk about, so we stopped at a river, uh, for example, where we're at, and there's some remains of some old buildings. And I said, this is where the transcontinental railroad crossed this river. It's one of the major rivers that they had across going across America. And just picture this river back here, you know, raw wild river. And now they've got to build a bridge across it. How long do you think it would take to build a bridge across that? Where would they get the wood? How would they do that? And we just kind of have these sort of discussions. And then I say, well, you know, they built the first bridge across there in, in 90 days. Okay. They wouldn't even get a building permit in 90 days, you know, in this day and age, but they built it across there. And the train came across 90 days after they started building the bridge. And then they floated the railroad ties down the river here. And here's where they gathered them. And we talk about all the, you know, just cool things. And so, so we do a lot of history uh, kind of stuff. You know, we've gone to historical sites. We've also gone to just outdoorsy things. And we, we almost never do anything that you could do at home or do at school. Like we don't play soccer. We very rarely play any kind of organized sport. What we do is we'll stop at a river and like, I'll throw a stick out there and I'll say, all right, everyone get a rock and see if you can hit the stick while it's floating by. And we'll throw rocks for 15, 20, 30 minutes. And they remember that like you wouldn't believe. Um, we take them to a place where we teach them how to skip a rock. We've done that, where it's a, a nice little lake. And some of these kids, I mean, this is a terrible thing to think about, Nathan, but there are some kids that do not know how to throw a skipping stone across a rock. They don't have a dad. Mom's too busy. They never get to do that. And I remember teaching a girl a couple of years ago, uh, you know, how to skip her stuff. And when she skipped it the first time, the joy on her face. Okay. That girl's a teenager now. I saw her the other day and she said, you remember when you taught me how to skip a rock, you know? And it was like, yeah, there's this bonding that we have. Five years ago, I taught her how to skip a rock and she like never has forgot, you know, that her pastor taught her that, you know? So so we do a lot of those things. We throw the rocks in the in a little stream or a, a stick in a stream, and we do the boat races. You know, where you let the uh, you know all the sticks go together and see which one's the first one to make it to a, a different thing. We've uh, we do a lot of kind of outdoorsy thing. We've gone to like beaver dams and walked around, and like I said, this is a beaver. There's the dam. You know, here's where the lodge is, and they live there. And we've walked across and like held hands as we walked across the thing. Anything that's kind of challenging, you know, that's a little bit kind of different. So maybe a hikes and things like that. Yeah, hikes and and you know we'll climb up like a a rock face and we'll have all the teenagers helping these kids climb up this rock face, you know. And I'm not talking about something super steep or even barely dangerous at all, but they climb up and they're like, "Yeah, I did it!" And the teenagers were holding their hands as they went up, and you're building this camaraderie in your church and a unity, uh, you know, of everything. Yeah, it is. It's just an amazing thing. We've gone to, you know, actual historical markers, you know, on the side of the road that you never stop at. You know how you drive by them all the time? And I've stopped and they're like, I have never, we've driven by it a hundred times and they've never stopped there. But you stop and explain the whole story of the battle of whatever, you know, or whatever happened at that thing. And they'll never forget that with their church, they stopped right there. 
It's a cool thing. We've done some pretty cool things too on the sides of the road that are like out where we live in Wyoming. There's a lot of these great big snow fences and they're just big old tall ladder type things that go up 20 feet to keep the snow from drifting onto the interstate. And we'll go off on the side road, go to the side of those and we all climb up on there and we take pictures. Then for the next 25 years, whenever they drive by that snow fence, they're going to go, I was on that snow fence and I took a picture with Sinclair Baptist Church. And I remember the day. I remember everything about it. We've we've gone to and these are I know these are kind of crazy things, but like the tubes that go underneath the highways, you know, the big like tubes are like a bridge. We've gone and parked and found and you got to scout it out ahead of time. And we like walked under the bridge while the trucks and stuff were going under, we had one that was a train track. And I said, we're going to go to this place. And if we see a train, we're all going to run back under that bridge because you need to, and we made them lean against the, the kind of the abutment part of the bridge and everybody's leaning against it. And the train is going by and everyone's just like shaking. And it was like, it was like this super cool experience that they had never done, you know? So it wasn't like playing football or tossing a Frisbee. Yeah. So, well, and what I'm hearing too, is this doesn't have to be something that costs a lot of money to get entry into like a zoo or no. something like that. It can just be something that is absolutely free and maybe just a little bit of gas to get there and a little bit of food, you know, some hot dogs or something, but, but it can be mm-hmm. something absolutely free. Yeah. We don't, yeah, we've, I don't think we've ever paid for anything. Yeah. Um, you know, you can just go like say, and then one of the other destinations we always go to, um, which is sort of a before and after we've done it kind of both ways is we have stopped at a city park which there's usually bathrooms at a city park, but we stopped at a city park and we have played on their jungle gym. Now, most kids have played on the, on the, the playground equipment at their school and at the park in their neighborhood. But like the next town over, they probably never have done that. And you would not believe the joy that these kids get of going to a new playground and, Oh, they got the different kind of jungle gym and they got this and they got that. And we have, we have gone to those things and you can, they can play on that for an hour and all the adults are sitting around on the benches, just kind of talking and you're fellowshipping now with these new parents and kind of learning a little bit about them. And the kids are just having a blast, you know, playing on these, on these jungle gyms, you know, and then lots of times when that kind of winds down, what I'll do is I'll say, all right, Hey, let's do an obstacle course thing here. I'm going to see, we're going to run, you know, you got to run up the slide backwards. You got to go across the little castle. You got to slide down the pole and you got to come over here and run over there and, and, and we'll see how long it takes you to do it. And we just get a stopwatch and everybody does it. And you create this kind of competitive fun stuff just at a playground. Absolutely free. Well, uh, brother, brother Mike, as we are wrapping it up, um, got a couple of two, two questions left. I want to ask you, Okay. Let, let me ask you this one first. What are some pitfalls that we should watch out for when it comes to this? Maybe some, uh, as you've experienced this, some things that maybe, you know, we can learn from, from your mistakes. What, what should we watch out for some, some things to avoid when doing something like this? Um, I think, you know, probably <laughs> avoiding not doing it. I mean, I, it, it, to get started into a new ministry is usually kind of like, it's like if your church has not, never run a VBS, you're like, oh, no, what could possibly happen? You kind of think it's, 
it's really kind of a family oriented thing. It's like take dad, taking the kids and going out and doing something. You don't really know what's going to happen. We've had vehicles that have got stuck in the mud. We have had where we're all driving down. We're on like interstate 80. So we're driving down. We're going to go, all right, we're going to go 20 miles and then turn south and go into these little roads. And we're driving down the interstate. And one of the ladies just keeps on driving. It's like, she missed the exit. It was like, yeah, yeah, what was, what are you thinking here? You know, so we've lost people. We've had the flat tires. Um, you know, we've had a lot of, you know, where it got rained out and my staff thinks I'm crazy, but it's like, I almost hope for some type of adversity because it brings you together. If there's a flat tire, you lose something or whatever, you know, sort of a bonding, uh, a kind of a thing. And we don't want anyone to get hurt or anything like that, but we don't mind a little rain or a little mud or pulling somebody out. I think what we have learned is when, when we first uh, get to the day camp, we have everybody, uh, all the adults uh, and, and none of the kids, we, we make sure they don't, they don't have, phones and iPods and electronic advice. They can, if they have a phone and they're younger now, they do. It's like, you can't take any calls. You can't do any texting. You can't play any games. The only thing you can do on your phone is take pictures and we'll let you know when you can take pictures, you know? So we, we try to control that, but we also then have all the adults share their phone numbers. So we just get a piece of paper and everybody name, 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 phone number, phone number. They all write it down on a piece of paper. And before we leave the building, we run over and make 20 copies of it on a copy machine. And everybody then has everybody's phone number just like that. And cause you got some new people and uh, some are key teenagers that have it. Um, so that's probably, I think the having it thought out ahead of time, if you, we have got to places before and like a road was closed or a bathroom last year, the bathrooms were locked because of COVID. They like, some of the forest service, they can't uh, keep the bathroom up to official standards. So they locked them and we got to the bathroom and it was, there was no bathroom. It was like, that's a difficult, difficult thing. So um, yeah. So kind of making sure it's planned out real good. I, I think the better I drove it ahead of time and walked through it ahead of time and thought through everything and scripted it really good. Um, you know, it, it, it went the best. We haven't had, any major anything we, we've never had a major injury or anything like that other than losing a car for 20 minutes until they caught back up with us you know uh and the flat tire thing the flat tire is the best thing in the world you say all right kids come around here what parent doesn't want their kid to know how to change a flat tire and you won't do it you won't like change a tire unless it's actually flat i mean you, it's very rare to that you take time to do that. But we got the jack out and we did that. We had kids turning the, you know, we broke it loose and then we had every kid spin the lug nuts a few times. I mean, it's just all these teachable moments. They're all over. And we don't do a lot of, you know, we sit down before the meal and I'll give a Bible verse and share a little lesson or something we don't do a lot of teaching it, it, but we do the teachable moments. And I think the not, always thinking that it's got to be a lesson that starts here and ends here with an object lesson and open your Bibles to whatever, uh, you know, I think we miss out on the teachable moments where that, that are there. And if you don't have a lot of lessons planned, then what you do is you're always watching, 
always watching for the teachable moments. You're just like, oh, who, who, hey, gather around. Let's talk about this. Yeah. Well, let, let's finish it up with this then, Brother Mike. What is one last piece of information that you'd leave us with as, as we are uh, wrapping this conversation up? You know, I, th- I think in our circles, we don't, uh, we don't think of acquisition type events. You know, we think of evangelistic events, which then would have the gospel and good counselors and all that. This is an event that you don't have to have a heavy duty teaching staff or plan. It is a way to meet new people. And when the thing is over, you will not only have met new people, but you will be bonded with those new people. Even if the parents didn't come, when you take those kids home and you've got photos of their kids doing all that kind of stuff. And I, I've talked to a pastor a while back down Denver area. And I said, you know, this is like an acquisition event. And he's like, we don't ever do that. We've never had an acquisition event. We just do church. You know, we do church, we do VBS, which is kind of like mini church five times a day with the kids. You know, we do summer camp, which is kind of like we all go do church in the wilderness. But it's like church, we do kind of the idea of services and singing and all that. And there's a whole lot of life, Nathan, that is just friendship. It's just talking. It's just being together. And those are biblical things. Friendship is a huge biblical, you know, your friends will determine the direction and quality of your life. I mean, absolutely. And, you know, having good mentors and having good parents want their kids to have older people that they respect and hang around, you know, all that. And then parents want to be involved. They want to do stuff, but some of them just need that little spark uh, to be there. So probably my advice is like, it doesn't have to be perfect, but just plan one and do it. Yeah, just do it. And, and it's, uh, the easiest way, of course, start with it shorter. I mean, I would do it like a Saturday afternoon. You know, we're going to meet at 10 o'clock and we're going to do a meal and we'll have all the kids back to church by three o'clock. You know, we have a lot. That's kind of the starter model, you know, from about 10 to 10 to three, something like that. And you go to a couple different places and, you know, invite a friend, take a lot of pictures, show those pictures on the next Sunday morning. And then the next week you are going to have, or the next time you do it, whenever they are every two or three weeks or a couple of times a month, however you want to do it, um, you're going to have people go, when is that thing again? Yeah. I mean, they're going to be asking and calling when do the, when are the dates for those things? So, but just, just do it. It doesn't have to be perfect. It is not a, and what, that's the thing too, about like our services. And I've been, been to your church, you know, you guys have, if, I mean, you start on time, you end on time, everything is boom, 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 boom. Very good. And that's the way a church service ought to be. This is not that. So you have to kind of change your mentality. It's like, we're going to start here and end here, but like we've stopped and thrown rocks in the, you know, it sticks floating down the river. And I've been, I was going to do it for 15 minutes. And it's like, it, we are there for an hour and a half. I mean, it was so much, so much fun. We just kind of cut something else out and went and ate lunch, you know? That's great. Well, brother Mike, thank you. Thank you again so much. I I think this is a great idea if people just take it. And like you said, just do it. It's not got to be perfect right Mm -hmm. right off the bat. But if we just have a mentality of of wanting to meet, meet some young families, I think this is a a great tool in doing that. So thank you so much for sharing, sharing your advice there. Appreciate it. Not not a problem. My blessing. Yeah. Thanks so much for joining us today on not the pastor. 
if this conversation was a help to you, you definitely need to check out with Mike Holmes and his website and podcast. And so the information for all of that will be in our show notes bottom here and so you check him out and then also we'd invite you to join us on our facebook page facebook.com backslash not the pastor and finally would you leave us a five-star rating on itunes and your rating and review help get this podcast in front of more listeners so we would sure appreciate your help that way till next week we're not the pastor